Hi everyone, it is Thursday, March 26th, and here are the numbers. Global confirmed cases, we are now at 529,093. So we have passed the half a million mark in terms of global cases. And from the 23rd, which was the last time I gave these numbers, uh, that is an increase of 41%. And yes, those sirens are outside my window. All right, in terms of uh, cases in America, we now have 83,507 cases. That is an increase of 93%. And as of two hours ago, America is now the country with the most confirmed cases of COVID-19 in the world. Canadian cases, we are now at 4,042. That is an increase of 98%. And for New York City specifically, we now have in New York City 23,112 confirmed cases. I kind of stumbled on that number because I almost didn't believe it as it was coming out of my mouth. But yeah, that's it. In New York City, 23,112 confirmed cases. And since March 23rd, that is an increase of 88%. It is Thursday, March 26th, and those are the numbers. All right, let's talk about the news. So I'm going to start off with a news story that is an easy one. Let's just ease into it. Let's ease into the news today. So Trump today said that the hospital ship that uh, is scheduled to leave for New York City um, will be leaving this Saturday. And this is three weeks earlier than uh, originally planned. Also on the topic of President Trump, there was a poll released on Monday that showed that Trump now has a 46% approval rating. This is the best he has done in this poll in more than three years. 60% of Americans approve of the job that Trump is doing in handling the crisis. As a friendly reminder, this is the same person who said last week that he believes Americans will be back to work in less than a month, just in time for Easter. And I quote, the churches will be full on Easter. Um, I uh, was born and raised Catholic, but you know what? I had to Google when Easter was this year. I didn't know the date. I mean, I'm not a practicing Catholic in any way. However, I Googled it. Easter is Sunday, April 12th. I looked at the calendar. That is 17 days away. So to be clear, Trump is saying that the churches will be full and all Americans will be back to work in 17 days. Okay. And this is the person that now is being rated as doing the best job that he's done in three years. All right. Let's all take a deep breath together. (sighs) Okay. Moving on, Uh, the New York Times reports that world refugee camps are now bracing for impact of the coronavirus. In an embattled enclave in Syria, doctors have seen patients die from what looks like the coronavirus, but they're unable to treat them because they lack beds, 
protective gear and medical professionals. There's also a refugee camp in Bangladesh. It's so cramped that its population density is nearly four times that of New York City, making social distancing absolutely impossible. And clinics in a refugee camp in Kenya are struggling in normal times with only eight doctors for nearly 200,000 people. Speaking of doctors and speaking of healthcare professionals, there are now images that are starting to circulate within the news and social media of New York City hospital staff that because they do not have access to PPE, personal protective equipment, they instead of wearing um, protective gowns and what they would regularly wear, they are now wearing hefty garbage bags. So New York City hospital staff are now wearing garbage bags as their PPE. And finally, the last story I'll leave you with is that today, the US passed a $2 trillion economic stimulus package. This is the largest in modern US history. Um, And this week, there's been a lot of discussion around what is more important to the American government, to the American people. Is it saving lives? Or is it saving the economy? I mean, I think the answer is obvious, but this is actually a conversation that's happening. Um, I do want to end this news section with an audio clip from Texas's Lieutenant Governor, Dan Patrick, who suggests that grandparents are willing to die for the U.S. economy. All right, let's take a listen to this, to this gem, shall we? living in fear of is what's happening to this country. And, you know, Tucker, no one reached out to me and said, uh, as a senior citizen, uh, are you willing to take a chance on your survival in exchange for keeping the America that all America loves for your children and grandchildren? And if that's the exchange, I'm all in. Um, And that doesn't make me noble or brave or anything like that. I just think there are lots of grandparents out there in this country, like me, I have six grandchildren, that what we all care about and what we love more than anything are those children. And I want to, you know, live smart and, uh, and, and see through this, but I don't want the whole country to be sacrificed. Uh, and, I, and that's what I see. I've talked to hundreds of people, Tucker, in just in the last week. and. Uh, making calls all the time and and everyone says pretty much the same thing that we can't lose our whole country we, we're having an economic collapse i'm also a small businessman i understand it and i talk with business people all the time tucker and and i'm so my i'm just my heart is lifted tonight by what i heard the president say because we can do more than you know one thing at a time we can do two things so you know my message is that um let's get back to work let's get back to living let's be smart about it uh and those of us who are 70 plus we'll, we'll take care of ourselves but don't sacrifice the country don't do that don't ruin so this you're, great you're basically dream. saying that this disease could take your life but that's not the scariest thing to you there's something that would be worse than dying yeah um and look i'm going to I mean, are we, aren't we all glad that the audio clip ended there? 
you know, guys, he doesn't want you to look at him as noble, saying that all the grandparents in America are willing to die to save the U.S. economy. So let's not. All right, that is the news for today. And uh, listen, I recorded the portion of today's episode, the how I feel portion, this morning. Because I woke up and I felt absolutely horrible. I felt really, really horrible. I felt really down this morning. And I knew that this was coming. If you heard my conversation with Kay yesterday, talking about feeling this like eerie level of all right, knowing that it's perhaps fabricated or just part of these various cycles that we're going to be experiencing. And I knew I would come crashing down. And this morning I did. So I just want to let you know that I'm recording this on the evening of today, Thursday, March 26th, but the how I feel portion is from this morning. So take a listen. All right, so it is Thursday, March 26th, and I'm sure you can tell by my voice. This is a my voice from having just woken up not long ago, and I'm about to go out on... Um, a walk is what I seem to do every morning, um, and it, it's been helping me. I wake up, get dressed, go outside, and um, you know how I was saying to Kay last night, like, oh my gosh, I just feel like concerningly, like a concerning level of okay right now, and I just feel like overnight I have crashed back into darkness and it's, I don't know if it's necessarily depression and I'm putting my shoes on as I do this I don't know if it's necessarily depression I think it might just be looking at this situation and the the reality of it and that's I don't know it's just accepting the reality of it and how can you not feel a certain way about that Yeah, uh, I was doing so well. But you know what? It's not about, you know, doing well or doing bad. It's not about judging yourself. It's, you know, this is how I feel right now. And that's it. And I need to honor that and and let it be what I feel. And then just let it sort of flow through me. Because the way I feel right now, similar to how I felt the last day or two is not necessarily that it's fleeting, but in this moment right now, it is a real thing. <sighs> and, um, yeah, it's this is really hard. I just don't know how long I can do this alone for. I know that there are, like, I've said this to a few people. I don't think that anyone's experience in this, I don't, let me rephrase. This is not a competition of who has it worse. This isn't like, oh, you know, I'm at home with a young baby. I have it the worst. No, no. I live with an older parent who is a high-risk person. I have it worse. Oh, no, no, no. I live alone and I don't have anyone to see. So I have it worse. It's, it's not about that. It's really not. We're all experiencing this. We all are experiencing this, period. We're all experiencing this, but we're also all experiencing this in such different ways. If you think about 
what reality is and what your world and your daily life is. That's your perception of everything. And if you were to be in someone else's head, their perception of it would be different just given their life experiences and everything that is already in their brain that that impacts how they perceive and and take things in and we each do that and so there's no there's no difference with this at all and um i think i'm struggling with the contrast in ways that myself and people in my life are dealing with this because I just can't look at it through a lens of optimism. I try my best on these episodes to talk about, you know, silver linings or positive things that will come out of this. And I do think that all of those things are true. But, like, I think it's okay to to kind of feel like garbage right now. And I think it's okay to be very impacted by this. And that's how I feel. And I'm struggling if I'm... I don't know if I'm projecting this or if I'm truly sensing this, but I'm struggling to like hear from people saying to me like, oh, you need this right now. You need to do this right now. I don't think I need to do anything right now. I don't think any of us need to do anything right now. I think that's, I don't know, that's like the, oh, I'm really struggling with that. Because I'm not a pessimistic person. I am, you know, I've been in many tough situations in my life and I have come out the other side of them and I'm grateful for those experiences. And I'll probably eventually do an episode of this that's comparing what this experience feels like to what my accident felt like and the recovery from that. But this is just so hard. And um, the reason I talk about this isn't a competition of who has it worse, because it isn't. Everyone's experience is valid. And for me, my experience and the thing that I find the most sort of scary throughout this is just like being alone. And every morning that I wake up, it's sort of like a reminder that like this is life for the foreseeable future. And yeah, it's hard. But I don't know. And then my mind goes into this place of like, I don't know how long I can do this for in the sense of how long can I stay in New York in my apartment by myself for? I don't, I don't know. I like the same way that Andrew Cuomo would say to you, like, no one knows how this is going to go. No one knows how long it's going to be for. No one knows how bad it's going to get, how good it's going to get. No one can tell you right now. And I think for each of us on an individual level, it's the same thing. No one can tell you what your experience is going to be like. And maybe that's the part of my personality that's having the hardest time with this. The part that always wants to be figuring it out, finding the solution, uh, working towards uh, the, the way to move forward. But right now, everything around me just feels like... Like, you got to settle. You got to be still. And what's really weird is I'm in New York City. And 
I know yesterday, I think yesterday we had the highest number of deaths from COVID-19 in one day. I think it was 12 deaths in New York City yesterday alone. And when you think about like the energy of humans and the energy of the universe that we're living in, like what energy are we then existing within if people are just dying all around you? You may not know them. You may not, you know, you definitely don't see them. But it's happening. Does that impact a person? That's actually what I've been most nervous about with this. Saying to people, I don't know if I'm going to be able to emotionally handle being in the United States for this in a country where people do not have access to free health care. What does that look like? Then you add on top of that the projected, you know, deaths that are going to happen in New York City and then in the U.S. And Cuomo was saying what's happening in New York is not just going to stay in New York. This is like a foreshadowing of all the other states. Anyway, so when I talk about these facts and these figures and, and all this information that I have about this, I think it's okay to feel how I feel. I think that's so normal. But at the same time, if I have people in my life that are feeling more positive and more optimistic, that's okay too. I think what I just need is I need to be able to share how I feel with people without judgment. And I think I also need to be better at practicing that too and not just getting into a tunnel vision of like, this is how I feel, this is my experience, and what do you mean you don't feel the same way? But I mean, have I, I think in a sense I've sort of been conditioned for that because I spent the last two months telling people about coronavirus and I was essentially ignored. I mean, I found a few people, a few friends that I feel like I will be able to reach out to for the rest of my, you know, quarantine and regular life because we're very much on the same page about this. We all had our own experiences with with um, talking about this from, you know, middle of January onwards. And, um, and so when it comes to this feeling of I need to just accept how other people are dealing with this. I do. I think we all do. I think we all need to just like give each other love and respect and space. And I'm taking everything that's coming out of my mouth as my own advice. But it's hard. I just find it really tough to do that if I'm talking to someone in my life and they have an entirely different perception of what's going on that I just like can't fathom to be the reality in which I see things, and then that just, I spiral. I just, like, I, I don't understand, and so I ask questions, and I keep talking, because I'm trying to understand. But, you know, maybe I need to work on my approach for that. I probably do. And that's okay. None of us know how to do this. This isn't normal, and we need to, I'm going to keep saying this, this is not normal, And I don't think any of us should be trying to figure out how to make this feel normal because it isn't and it shouldn't feel normal. And I think if we start to concede to this, I don't know, what does that do to the human psyche? If we, you know, I don't know, it's like a contrast between I've got to survive this, so... I'm not going to wake up every morning, you know, shaking my fist at the sky. Damn you, coronavirus! No, I'm not, like, I don't know. I think it's a mix between figuring out a way to live your daily life and not drive yourself crazy 
and of course not get sick. And I understand I come from such a spot of privilege that my concern here is my mental health and not dying from the coronavirus. That's a very real threat that a lot of people are facing and a lot of people will face. But I am... you know, I said this to my therapist. I think I said this to Kay last night. I'm very scared about who will I be after this? How will this trauma impact me and change me permanently? Because I do believe that we're all going to be changed permanently. Actually, let me read you all something that I wrote down the other night because this hit me and I was like, okay, I want to make sure I say this. Okay. So here's, here's what I wrote. I said, One thing that I think not many people realize, and it's only really starting to sink in for me, is that we are each currently experiencing a fundamental shift in our beings. Similar to a major life moment like having a child or losing a direct family member, maybe having a very close and serious call with a health issue, Or, as I can attest to, getting in a really serious accident that if I had fallen just a little bit differently, I definitely would have died or would have been paralyzed for the rest of my life. And I had doctors telling me that for weeks. And so we're all experiencing this thing that is impacting us on a level that any of those examples, these like life-changing moments, these things that, you know, if you have anyone in your life who's a parent, and I would imagine all of us do, when you ask them how it is, they're like, I, I, you kind of have to experience it. And so all of these examples are those sorts of things. It's like you don't understand until you've gone through it. And what we're experiencing with coronavirus and with, uh, so, sorry, with COVID-19 is, um, we are all going to be forever changed by this without question. And what a weird thing to experience. All of those examples I gave you are things that generally people experience individually. Maybe it impacts, you know, of course, their surrounding family and friends, but not not global. No way global. No way does that ever happen on a global level. And this is the closest we've ever experienced or the closest we've, we've, not even the closest, this is, I believe, the first time for any of us that are alive right now, or most of us that are alive right now, that we've ever experienced anything like this. And it's going to impact all of us. And I think today is Thursday, yeah, today's Thursday. So now today marks officially two weeks of working at home. So I'm only, I personally am only really two weeks into this. And within that two weeks, things have become more and more strict. And are they about to become more strict? Probably. I'm seeing clips of these tanks in America, like tank after tank on these on these rail lines just being brought in. I don't know where they're going. Martial law. Martial law is coming. That's what the, the clip was saying. Actually, maybe here, I'll insert the audio clip here. Take a listen. It's happening, people. I'm right here at Northridge by the Costco, the train tracks. Look at all these tanks coming in. These are freaking tanks. These are freaking tanks. Right here. This is crazy. This ain't no Humvees. These are tanks. Look at this. 
this is fucking martial law is coming. Now this shit got me freaked the fuck out. And so, yeah, that audio clip is from a guy sitting in his car just waiting at a railway crossing, watching tank after tank on this, on this like, train platform being brought to a destination. I don't know what it is, but yeah, it's weird. You have to kind of figure out how you feel now and how to deal with your day-to-day, but then, like, the possibility of, I don't know, army tanks being on the street... I'm going to go on my walk now. I find that getting outside and being... It's sunny, which is really nice. Yesterday was rainy, so I'm going to go on my walk. Maybe call a friend. Walk around and... Get some air. And then I'm going to start my work day. Alright, well... As I always say... What day is it again? It's day 13. No, okay. It's Thursday, March 26th, and I will talk to you all soon.